there's there's investors now or people that are trying to approach sellers with some pretty dangerous options such as wrap or assuming the mortgage beware sellers this is not just a simple hey I can assume your mortgage and give you some cash and guess what win-win no don't it's it's not that easy it's actually extremely dangerous there's things called novation clauses due on sale clauses things that you signed when you took on this mortgage these investors aren't approaching this anywhere near the correct way because the correct way is actually very intricate. It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of explanation, a lot of education, a lot of moving parts. These guys that are looking to make a quick buck are not doing that. They're looking to make a quick buck and it's going to be at your expense as a seller. Matt Market Mindset Madness. Hello, everybody. Welcome. We got a good show today, like always. We're going to talk about where we're at with the current market right now. I think that's on most people's minds, uh, whether you're thinking buying, selling, any type of investing, um, just life in general. It really seems like we're, you know, we got this almost this perfect storm. We're in the middle of, uh, you know, deep politics, midterm elections right around the corner. Uh, record inflation. We've got a, a heavily cooling real estate market. We've got supply and demand issues. We've got wars happening. We've got heightened tensions between China and other superpowers. It's just crazy, and all of it's happening right during our silly season. Whew. Yep, Halloween has passed. Trick or treat. It's it's crazy. I I. Like most people probably realize, like Halloween's like that indicator, that that reality pinch of how fast time travels. It seems like October approaches and we're like, oh my God, Halloween's 30 days away. And then boom, it's it's here, it's gone. And now next thing you know, it's, it's Thanksgiving, Christmas, and the end of the year. And we say, where the hell does time go? Well, this year especially, I think a lot of people are feeling it. We're trying to reemerge into some some normal life after covid and uh, i don't think what we recall as normal will ever be visited again you know it's also strange when you're going into you know the holiday season everyone's always in the past was always talking about jobs jobs you know unemployment rate it's always like oh you know we need we need more jobs and now here we are the feds like we need less jobs we <laughs> we, we we need less jobs which is just it's crazy how fast that that changes. Um, it's comical. And I guess that's the really the only thing you can do at this point is kind of laugh. Um, uh, where, granted, you know, I know there's a lot of people that are dealing with shit out there and we're not laughing at anyone's, you know, we'll say bad circumstance. But I think even when we are in those bad circumstances, whether it be health, finances, or whatnot, um, trying to find humor is the best thing we can do as humans. Um, it kind of allows us to reset. And uh, I find myself laughing out loud a lot lately. Uh, you know, politics adds a lot to that. It's always just so crazy seeing all these ads and, and, and seeing how people uh, ultimately run their campaigns. And it, it just seems like it's just so damn negative. Everyone just wants to talk crap. Everyone just wants to highlight how terrible someone is and how devastating they're going to be if they get power and it's like 
if you're just someone in the middle, you're going, holy shit, we're screwed because this guy on this side is going to kill the world and this guy on this side is going to kill the world. Um, and it's, 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 it's crazy. But let's just jump right into Arizona. What's going on here? There's a lot going on. And I've been doing this for almost 20 years here as a licensed realtor. Uh, I've seen it all. I saw it take off in 2004, super fast, um, all the way till 2006 when it just freaking the brakes were put on like I've never seen anything before. It makes makes what we're experiencing now look like someone's delicately downshifting, pumping the brakes. When this happened in 2006, it was it was crazy. And and Arizona was was leading. You know, we were leading the country when it came to the crash. Um, I remember looking all around the state, even back where I'm from, and it's like they didn't even experience things yet. And I'm like, whoa, shit's falling hard here. But they were all quick to follow after. We just kept descending at the same pace. What we're feeling right now is totally different. It's not even the, it's not even remotely close to what that was. All the ingredients that made that happen are not even close to being present right now. That's what's making this even a little bit stranger. Now, I'm naturally optimistic. If you know me, even if you're just watching my podcast, you're probably going to get that. Um, I don't like to be negative. Um, I am skeptical. Um, I do feel like uh, being skeptical in this world is necessary. Uh, but being optimistic is, is, is very important. The power of positivity on all fronts of life is, is just so, so important um, for your mental health, for your physical health, for your relationships, for all that. Now, I don't want to ever come off to you or especially to myself that I'm lying, lying to myself, trying to make it seem like things are better, sugarcoating things. No, that's not at all what I want to do because it doesn't do anything that just prolongs things. And if anything doesn't put you in a good position for what some people call luck and luck is just ultimately when, uh, being prepared and opportunity meet. Um, so my optimistic take and just my feeling in general is just, it's, it's being fueled because I look at all of our data, right? and how much we've cooled down in Arizona. And we've cooled down. We definitely have. Our inventory's gone up. Uh, we are now officially in a buyer's market, which means there's enough supply out there for the buyers to be in control. Um, and it's, it's definitely a quick about face for both sellers and buyers. Everyone's faced with different challenges, uh, and it's, it's extremely emotional, especially for you know those sellers that you know potentially were had a plan and it just didn't work out because things changed so quickly. Um, what you're seeing in the marketplace right now in Arizona, I think is indicative of, if, of exactly what's happening. And being that it's not a strong market and things have changed so quickly, anyone that is selling a home right now is doing it because they need to. It's not a choice. It's something that's really, you know, putting the position to sell and it's not good things. It's usually like, you know, uh, whether it's death, um, divorce, job transfer, uh, you know, losing a job, which right now it's not really happening because there's just so many jobs, but it, it you know, I mean, there are layoffs happening and they, you hear them looming. 
but all of the all of these items that are kind of the catalyst for people wanting to sell are, are really negative and all that negative energy i believe is is following these listings and is in the marketplace you then have a lot of a lot of realtors who haven't been around you know as long as me and some others a lot of others but haven't seen these these big swings and aren't used to it they're they might have entered into this industry in the you know the 2009s when we were at the bottom and then just have always experienced like this slow trend upwards all the way until covid then an explosion upwards and it's real easy to get caught into that mindset of like, it's never going to stop. It's going to keep going up. Everything's going to be great. There's, you know, I mean, yeah. And then of course, you know, if, if it's the first time for people making some money, you know, they spend usually more than they make. And then a lot of people just, you know, were in that position. So there's a lot of realtors that are freaking out. There's a lot of realtors that aren't prepared. So you take that, that negativity in there too, whether they weren't prepared financially and now they're stressed out and, if you're going to be a successful realtor, you know, that's really doing what your job is and that's to represent clients' best needs, you're putting your needs far to the side. And, and what you're really doing is you're really focusing on the future. And the only thing you're really focusing on now is just giving those clients needs based on their lives. It's very difficult when you weren't financially prepared and something like this happens and you have a family to feed. And there's a, a lot of my colleagues that are in this position um, the way that this market happened too is it wasn't just like it just crushed overnight and there was like, oh, we are crashing. No, it was like this slow band-aid being pulled off. So for the first few months, myself included, because I'm that optimistic guy is like, oh yeah, it's just, it's just, it's not going to, it's going to probably be slow and, 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 you know, it's probably not going to amount to much. Well, here it is. This band-aid pull has been slow and agonizing over the last few months and, for a lot of realtors out there who weren't financially prepared, I think they were lying to themselves and saying, oh, it's okay. I don't need to change things. I don't really need to look for anything different. You know, I'm probably just going to sit back and just in kind of watch and let the waters calm. Well, I think a lot of them are freaking out right now. And that's, that's adding a lot of negativity to the market. And the reason I say that is it's just giving kind of poor guidance to those sellers and buyers. People are emotional. Um, I even see it as myself when I'm engaging you know cross agents colleagues you can tell that people are stressed um, lenders title companies everyone involved in the real estate industry has seen a big slowdown and is I think a little bit concerned you take all that negativity and it's just like shit what do we do with it you know how, how are we going to operate what do we have to look forward to are we just going to naturally become pessimistic well here's the bright side of things the fact that we look at what our inventory is made up, and like I said, it's, it's distressed. And these aren't distressed properties like we talked about in 2006 till 2014, where we actually had distressed bank-owned foreclosure, pre-foreclosure, and short sale properties. No, no, these are like distressed sales where as far as someone is, is kind of in a position that they're being forced to sell. And a lot of the stuff that's being offered out there, you can see it people kind of just gave up. They didn't, they didn't do the repairs that were needed to make it sparkly and clean. Um, they kind they were caught off guard. Um, there's very few homes that are just turnkey and, you know, move in HGTV quality, 
make you smile. Um, they're, they're far and few between a lot of the flippers and remodelers have heavily pumped their brakes. So that, that inventory has kind of exited the building. So what's left is just a lot of, you know, subpar stuff, things that if you're a buyer, that's looking for a turnkey property that has those modern designs and features and just that sense of quality and love, um, in the product, it's, it's just, there's not a lot of it out there. Now, the interesting thing is, is when you see these properties pop up, they're still getting multiple offers. One of my agents just had one that got bid up. It was like 20 grand over a list. Now, granted, it was, it was listed appropriately. It wasn't just like arbitrary number that was picked like we saw in our market six or seven months ago. Um, but we're still seeing competition. We're still seeing that if a home is priced right and it's in great condition, there's a market for it that's not messing around and people are willing to pay a premium for that even with rates being as high as they are i think that's a that's a real good indicator right there the other side of it is is when we had all these homes jump on our market here in the last like we'll say 60 to 90 days when we knew that okay the fed is doubling down inflation is not going to get under control where we thought okay maybe this is just going to be a blip a couple little interest rate bumps people like all right we got to get this stuff on the market and they did and we saw our inventory pick up a ton in the last, like we'll say about 90, 60 to 90 days ago. That's when it was just heavily, heavily um, picking up in, in inventory. But what we've seen happen here in the last, we'll say 30 to 45 days, and we've, we're dealing with this with a couple of our clients, is these sellers are not in a position like they were, like sellers were in 2006 and when the crash was happening in 2008. They, they have a ton of equity. They have a, a locked low rate, two big things that are going to make a seller say, I'm not giving this up. So a lot of them have said, Hey, you know what? We're going to just take it off the market. We're going to, we're going to rent it. Now this surge, it added to our rental market where our rental market, you know, about 60 days to 90 days ago, it was, it was still trending up. It was actually really starting to justify the prices that people are paying at these higher rates for a home that they were going to purchase. And it was allowing those to kind of tolerate these higher interest rates and say, okay, this is kind of the new norm. This is inflation's baseline. So they dump them on the market. And then all of a sudden we kind of see this uptick in rentals and people saw it. And, you know, we saw it, we felt it and we're like, Whoa, um, if you're a landlord, um, and we, we ironically had a tenant move out at the same time. So we just put our home on the market as far as a rental goes. So I'm, I'm seeing this and I'm feeling it. And I saw it right when we were thinking about putting it in, how the inventories literally trickled up in our specific target of this home. It went up almost like 50% in inventory in this, you know, we'll say one, two mile circle in less than 15 days. And that's really strange for this time of the season. It's usually doesn't happen. This is when a lot of people are moving from out of state snowbirds and inventory levels on rentals do typically drop. So I was like, whoa, and then quickly put it together that yeah, everyone's now people that don't need to sell that have the luxury to say, okay, let's just rent this out, see what happens in the next couple of years. Let's do that. They now exited the buyer's market. They went on to the rental market and we saw, you know, rental market go up in inventory. But now in a, the last 30 days, we've seen another correction where now the rental market's dropping in inventory. That surge of, of inventory wasn't anything more than this, you know, all these sellers saying, we don't want to sell. We're nervous. We're going to rent. 
wasn't anything else that was happening, anything supernatural or to really say, hey, we're now seeing this, these indicators that this is going to be a trend downwards. No, if anything, it's drying up quickly. We're now returning back to where we were with single family inventory from a rental level um, to where we were before this started. Um, even with our leads and everything that's coming in our property and stuff like that, it's, it's, it's very much picking up. And I think it's going to continue to do so. And we usually see that into the holidays um, and into the new year. Um, everyone's wanting to move here now. Um, it's, it's nice and cool. Things are cooling down. It's a great time to move to Arizona. So, and I think a lot of people are like hesitant too, where they're like, hey, if we don't need to buy right now because the rates are so high, let's rent. And, you know, they, oh, if you were looking to rent in the last 30 days, you had a lot more opportunity than you did 60 days ago. But that's drying up. So if you are in the rental market and you're being patient, I would make your decision because I think you're going to see things change on that front. Now, as far as the sales side goes, there really hasn't been anything newly added. We've been kind of stagnant. If anything, we are now dipping on a single family front here in Maricopa and Pinal County. Um, what I really like to do is when I look at my data here in Arizona and greater Metro Phoenix is I don't look at the Arizona MLS stats. The MLS stats, I do believe, are skewed a bit. I would say there's about, I'd say over 5% of listings are coming from other areas of the state. Northern Arizona, um, these rural areas, even Tucson, all over. And it's because agents that have dual, you know, licenses and not licenses, but they're with different um, uh, places where you'd hang your license. They're able to kind of market cross market on these platforms and, and they're doing so. But I think that those these outer lying properties that are in, you know, rural Arizona, they're going to have higher day on markets. They're not the same product. And I think they skew the data. So that's why I just remove that and I really look at what are our two biggest counties and that's Maricopa and Pinal and I really just look at single family just to see what's going on with that. And they are trickling in. People are still buying out there. Um, they are, they don't have a lot of choice if you are that buyer that's like, hey, I need something turnkey like I mentioned before. So they're, they're I mean, those, those people are still getting prices for their homes. They're holding tight. Now, if your home needs work, it's, it's difficult because a lot of the people that were entering into the market with this idea of looking for a home that needed some elbow grease or they could maybe get in, create some equity that route. Um, traditionally, the person with that mindset is, you know, I think they're not really prepared now for this big change um, with interest rates going up as high as they were. It's a little bit harder to tolerate, um, especially when the product that they're looking at is kind of decreasing quicker than anything else. Um, so that pool of flippers, that pool of, you know, we'll say the, the, the weekend warriors that would be looking to purchase a home and put a bunch of work into it themselves, it's softened. And that's what we have on the market. So that just that portion of the market's just getting pretty much hammered. But once again, nothing new is being added. So this is where my optimism comes in because if all of a sudden we saw this number still climbing, that means, you know, our newly ads are still being added. There's a lot of distress out there. People are starting to feel like they have to sell. They can't rent. And there's this bigger thing looming that's really going to affect all markets, not just the real estate market. But the other side of it is, is 
if buyers weren't buying, we would also see this trickling up. Our pendings, which means homes that go under contracts, are, 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 are holding steady over these last, I'd say, last 30 to 60 days. Uh, that's when we've now been in the mid to high 7%, you know, mid 7% interest rates. So people are tolerant. I think people are getting it. There's a lot of programs out there, the, um, the two one buy down where you can, you know, you can ultimately get some, some creative loan programs where you can get a lower interest rate for a period of time in hopes that you'll be able to refi coming up, um, or something else will change really good, really good instruments and something to look into if you're jumping in now. But it's telling me that there is some confidence there. There's actually a lot of confidence. Then when I listen to my lender, my preferred lender who I work with, Ryan Gilliam at Waterstone Mortgage, he was on a podcast that my wife and I do um, called um, Real with Matt and Katie. And that's uh, Real Estate and Life. It's a good one. It's on our platform. So check it out on Evo AZ's YouTube page. Check that one out. But we do a, a monthly update. He comes on. We talk about mortgage rates. We talk about everything, life, real estate, all this stuff. And one of the things that he was touching on is about the people that are still reaching out to look into what their mortgage options are and what needs to happen for them to prepare to get a mortgage and, you know, ultimately filling out the application. And he says, you know what? Things really haven't calmed down on that front. He's like, if anything, they're all just piling onto this fence. So everyone's now just sitting on the fence and they are getting to the point that they're clicking their heels there. They just, they want to jump. They really want to jump off. They want to buy and they're waiting for this, this news. Now I know when anyone's in that position, it's kind of like having that dollar in your pocket that's burning and you got to spend it on something. You know, you've, you've got a strong constitution at the beginning, but it slowly fades. And I think a lot of these people are, are having that happen. And that, that could be the perfect storm for when just even some little good news comes out. And that could cause a lot of people to jump quickly. Now, look at our inventory. We're, we're, we're stagnant right now. Like I said, we're hovering. Single family homes in Maricopa and Pinal, we've been hovering right around like mid 18,000 and low 19,000 for almost a month. So think about that. That's pretty good. When COVID happened, we were right around the same inventories. I believe we were like 16 or 17,000, right? We are talking about a damn pandemic and not even like a month, two months into it, June of 2020, boom, we saw inventory like start drying up so quickly, like overnight. All it takes is, you know, once again, 5,000 new people to enter the market to purchase homes to drop our, our inventory to a level that's going to scream, oh, there's, there's good things happening. 5,000 is not a lot. Not a lot at all, ladies and gentlemen. 5,000 buyers, you know, in a city of 4 million, you know, when you're talking about also a bunch of investors that are also on this fence that are waiting for an indication to jump in and pick up all this existing inventory that does need that elbow grease that is screaming deal because people, you know, are, are desperate people that are selling right now. I think we're, you know, we're right there. And next week is going to be the telltale to this. You know, I'm um, politically 
it, it's there there is some history to it to you know what side congress leads or what side you know how markets respond whether democrats or republicans take control whatever um there is some history to that and i think what we've been experiencing now and you know this coming off of covid a lot of things that have been said promises made i think people are exhausted and they are looking for change and they are looking for something tangible to bite into I think they do want to be confident. I think people want to be optimistic and it's extremely hard to be optimistic in today's setting when everything is friggin negative, everything from the media, from our campaign advertisements that we're getting inundated to on our friggin social media, on our TVs, on our texts. It's just, you know, it's, it's just, it's crazy. So how do you become optimistic? Well, I do think if we do see a shift and a change that people are really asking for, and, and at least that's what I'm, I'm feeling and seeing, I think that's going to boost confidence. And then if the Fed comes out on the 10th and actually, you know, two days later and gives us some information favorable to controlling inflation, that could be huge. Um, that could be something that is going to literally really get a lot of people to jump off the fence, especially in places like here, like here in Arizona. Um, and, and we could see things really change and give us a whole different feeling of how 2023 is going to be. Now, part of me feels like the fed has just been playing games and you know, you can call me crazy. Um, maybe I do have a bit of a tinfoil hat, but it just seems so convenient. The fed being as smart, as they are and feeling that they can control inflation are the very ones let's just say that we're keeping rates extremely low when you know they knew that real estate was affected immensely by these low rates and it was driving markets up super super quick um it was incentivizing investors it was creating a lot of you know artificial demand and it, 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 when you look at real estate and how that applies to consumer confidence across the boards, it's huge. When you look at inflation and what is one of the biggest driving forces in inflation, it's, it's home prices is one of them. And when you literally are writing checks to people because interest rates are so low and there's so much demand and you just say, oh, we don't need to raise rates. It's kind of like they're just getting us drunk. They're in charge of just giving us alcohol and it's totally for free. And then all of a sudden they're like, wait, everyone's way too drunk and we know it's right. So we're going to control how much alcohol we continue to give you. And now we're not going to give you any. We're going to raise it and all we're giving is water. And, and, and then they're wondering why everyone's freaking out and stumbling around and wondering, you know, what's going on? And then you start to question, wait, if you knew it was so good for me, why did you let us drink so much? And that's my question is like, if you knew so much, I'm not by any means an economist. I don't even understand a fraction of the complexities that go into what the Fed chair has to do on a day-to-day -day basis. But I can tell you, I knew the basic facts going into 2021 that rates didn't need to be that low. And any, if anything, I was like, they need to raise rates. They could actually help simmer things down and, and get ahead of an artificial bubble. But it's like, no, they wanted this to happen. So... The reason I say that is I feel like they're waiting to give out their news on the 10th because what the news they're going to give is going to be very much off the tails of what we see on Tuesday. And, uh, 
And I think if all of a sudden we do see this, you know, this, we'll say, call it the red wave happen and this, this boom of confidence, I think they're going to come out with less than favorable inflation information, or at least words that kind of support that. Now, I think if the red wave isn't as strong and, you know, let's say the, the Democrats hold the, the Senate and it's not what they expected, we could end up seeing the Fed change that word, those words and that message and narrative a bit to maybe kind of balance that and, and, and give a little stimulant to, to things. We will find out next week. I think no matter what, there is some positive ingredients into that. And I think we're going to see something positive. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, the Fed can't control really inflation. They can't. And a good friend of mine said this, that, you know, you know, politics, all these guys, the Fed, they can't, they can't control actual inflation. But what they control is the expectations through a narrative. And we're seeing that happen with our stock market and how you're saying, well, why do they expect this when bad days happen and good days happen? It's super confusing. And it's just because they can manipulate that. So next week is kind of our, our, a big week. And I think if you're a buyer or a seller and you're, you're really thinking like, hey, I got to make a move in 2023, I think no matter what, especially if you're on the buyer side of things, no matter what happens, don't deviate from that plan because it's inevitable. Um, you know, things will, will definitely be getting better. I think all the, you know, all, this, all the things are pointed to that. Now, granted, once again, we could have something that we're not planning on, like an asteroid or super volcano or a nuclear bomb or something, but we don't plan on that. Um, so I think it's super important for buyers to, to, to get ready. If all of a sudden you do see favorable information and you do see people starting to jump off the fence, I would, I would strongly look at that because that's really going to change things going into the new year, especially here in the Phoenix Valley. I think that's really going to change a lot of investors and how they're looking at things. And, and in, investors have been the driving force of our market here, unfortunately. iBuyers I buyers are propped up by investors. Um, you, have, uh, you have investors that are just here buying huge pools of properties just to turn them into rentals, and they have been doing so. And they've pumped the brakes a little bit, but they're just as excited to jump back into this um, as, the, as the regular consumer is that's looking to buy a home for their family and, and do it right. So beware for that. Sellers, I think the same thing. I think sellers, you know, you've, you've got to watch this because if you have the luxury of timing things and, and trying to play markets, it's important that you do kind of put your emotions to the side and, and, and look at things. If we start to see these good indicators that things could tighten up and get better and, and inventory will drop because rates are going to be lower, um, I definitely think coming up with a plan that's fine-tuned and kind of ready to implement when you're ready to implement. That's asking all your questions, making sure that you align yourself with the right realtor, just getting everything chambered and ready to go when you're ready. So you're not having to delay things, ask questions, and potentially miss out because it could be a quick opportunity to sell and, and, and do good. Um, if not, at least look into what all your options are. Options such as renting. You know, I think that's it's a great option here especially if you are in the position to add some real estate to the portfolio or, or wait on things. Um, you're also going to be able to see what's happening with the rental market. And I think no matter what, we're going to see that remain in the single family um, arena 
I'd say pretty strong, especially going into 2023 if rates remain the same. So I think there's a lot of good things that are happening. Uh, it's just a matter of kind of navigating and dodging and weaving all, all that, that negative information that's just being shot at us from all angles. Now, one of the things to be aware of right now, and I think it's super important, and it's kind of this is my beware um, portion of, of my podcast, is people are now trying to um, come up with, this is an old program, but they're called wraps, where people want to kind of assume your existing mortgage um, to help you out. Be very, very careful of this. This is, this is very, very dangerous. Uh, what ends up happening is, is people call it seller finance, and what they're ultimately doing is these buyers are now approaching sellers that have been sitting on the market for a while and saying, hey, listen, you know, I can't, your, your price that you're willing to, that you're listing your home for, let's just say it's 550000 you know, I can't pay that. It's been on the market for 60 days. No one's paying that. You know, the home is actually more, is, is valued at closer to, you know, 500000 or 475000 uh, and And, you know, the only way that I could pay this is, is if you let me assume your low rate mortgage. Now, if you will let me assume this low rate mortgage that you have locked in, that you only own a, owe a principal balance of 350000 on, what I will do is I will give you a check for, let's say, the difference of you know, 100000 or we'll get you closer to that $500,000 mark to help you out. But you're going to write this mortgage over to me. And I'm going to take over this mortgage and... This is where they will come up with things to make you feel like this is totally legitimate. Oh, we'll come up with an agreement. We've had an attorney draw this whole contract that alleviates you of some responsibility and blah, 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 all this stuff. It, this is very rare that you can make this work. Super rare. There are two things in almost every mortgage that's been 99% of all mortgages written in the last decade, especially since Dodd-Frank in 2008 was implemented. Um, novation clauses and due on sale clauses. And, you know, ultimately, these are both pretty much stating that, you know, the bank can call this thing due if, you know, you decide to sell to someone else and try to, uh, uh, you know, give this obligation to someone else and put them as the buyer. And, and you just kind of sit back and you capitalize on a deal. Um, but this new buyer gets to step in based on your qualifications, not the bank's qualifications. Now, the bank's like, we don't want to do that, first off, because we know right now we're charging the same buyer that would come in to buy this, you know, a 7% interest rate. Shit, if they're a, an investor, it'd be an 8-plus percent interest rate. We don't want this guy capitalizing on a 3 or 2% interest rate. It just doesn't fit the model. It could also put you, the seller that has this mortgage in your name, in a, in a very difficult situation with the bank if something happened because it's kind of fraudulent. You signed a document when you took this mortgage that you wouldn't do this. Now, these buyers that are approaching sellers with this as an option are very good. They're very good at navigating around this and making you feel comfortable. Now, I, I had experience doing these back in 2000. And, uh, it was 2011. Um, we we did this and we were doing it very legitimately um, and there's there's ways that you can navigate this if you work with the lender and you 
actually bring forth um, a lot of, of things from like a, a servicing loan. Like it can't just be service that, yeah, you're paying your mortgage to me and I'm sending the mortgage. No, you have to have a legitimate mortgage servicer in place that's licensed. You got to do these contracts on land contracts. And then you also have to find a title company, which is very rare. And I don't think you could find one right now that would ultimately write title insurance on this type of transaction. Back when we were doing it, there was like two title companies that would touch these things. Nowadays, most brokers, real estate brokers, most title companies and lenders and or anyone that has expertise in this is going to say, no, 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 don't touch this. Now, of course, when you're desperate and you're a seller and you're like, dude, I, I, I need to get rid of my home. I'm screwed. I have to let go of this. And I have this opportunity to ultimately hold the mortgage, but sell it to this guy. And he's going to, and I can make, you know, 50, hundred grand more than I would just selling it normally. You're, you're in a situation to be manipulated. And that's what I'm saying. Be very, very careful because it sounds good. But if all of a sudden something happens, let's say this guy, cause what these guys are doing is they're just turning them into rentals. They're coming in, they're buying these homes and they're saying, Hey, great. I'm going to take your mortgage over, which is nothing. And I'm going to rent it out and I'm going to play on speculation and I'm going to hold this thing for five, 10, 20 years under your name and just milk it. I'll probably end up trying to package it with other ones that I sell and then sell them again because they can do that. It's, it's dangerous because now you're still the one that's listed on this mortgage. If someone gets hurt on this rental and ends up trying to sue someone, dog bites them, they fall in the pool or some landlord is neglectful and has poor electric, you know, electrical in there or something and someone dies or guess what? When these lawsuits start flying, who's going to be labeled you, you know, you, the seller that allowed this whole thing to roll. And that's super dangerous. Um, the other side of it is like the whole do on sale. You know I mean? If all of a sudden this, this, this slime ball that was coming at you, uh, you know, all the good intent he has, um, screws up and just does it wrong and says, you know what, this isn't working out. I'm walking. You know, if, if it was a smaller amount down, let's say 10 or 20 grand, 30 grand, and it's worth him to walk away because he's made his money that he needed to, who's screwed now? You know, you are all of a sudden you're going to find out, you know, no one's paying this mortgage and your credits get crushed. Um, or it goes into foreclosure and now they're foreclosing on you. And it's just a lot of things that could happen. So beware of these people. Now, it was interesting because I got contacted by him. My wife got contacted by him. I've even had some friends that have been contacted by people trying to navigate this. I went into an open house, and the scary thing was is I was talking to an agent that was like literally saying that she talked to someone that approached her about this, and she was going to talk to her sellers about this option. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Not to say that I come off that I know more than you or anything like this and tell you how to do your job, but d please talk to your broker before you even bring any of this up to your seller. Um, that was me doing a good deed. You know, ultimately I want to help my, I want to help everyone, but part of me also wants some of my competition out there to screw up because of their own lack of knowledge, because then that means I can pick up good clients and really help them with my knowledge and experience. But I helped her and said, don't, don't bring that up. Um, because it's, you know, before you talk to your broker and you find out, you know, I mean, the legitimacy on how to navigate a path like this to help your seller and find out exactly what you need to put in place from legal stances, from contracts, from insurance, um, title, all that stuff. And you could tell her eyes, they widened and uh, she didn't consider all that. 
But when you have desperate people, desperate sellers, desperate realtors, you have the perfect, perfect ingredients right there for, for manipulation, fraud, and just bad shit. So if you have anyone reaching out to you, just please reach out to us. We're a resource. Once again, I can't, I can't answer all questions, but I could at least lead you in the right path to get answers. Um, if these weird things are, you know, presented to you, um, I think the bottom line is always there. Like, Hey, if it's too good to be true, there's a good chance it's, it's not true. So anyways, guys, I hope I had some good information for you today. Uh, I, I, I love to, to talk about all this stuff and, and, and travel this, this road of life with you. Don't hesitate reaching out with any questions. If you had any questions, if you had topics that you wanted me to talk about anything that has to do with real estate, life, life as a realtor, how to get into real estate, any of that stuff, um, how to create some value on your home. I love these questions. Don't hesitate. Shoot me a, uh, a comment, um, a message. Don't forget to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can get through that to, you know, Evo AZ, um, Team Evo AZ on YouTube and, of course, on all of our social media platforms. I do sp I really appreciate your support in this and sharing all this information. I hope you guys have a wonderful week. Until next time.